Blog Talk Radio. Bed Tales, the podcast about Laura Ingalls Wilder, historic foodways, one room schools, and other social history. This is Sarah Utah, the host and creator of Trundle Bed Tales. Find us all around the web under Trundle Bed Tales and on your favorite social media platform. If you listen or have an account on a uh, podcast aggravator, please leave positive feedback because it helps other people find the show. And this is episode 134, Laura Ingalls Wilder Basics. And it. Uh, before we get into that, the clock is reminding me that it is time for a little housekeeping. And that reminds me to tell you that uh, you can be a part of the show. You can call in at 714-242-5253. That's 714-242-5253. Or call in toll-free 1-877-633-9389. That's toll-free 1-877-633-9389. Or you can chat while, uh, while we're doing the live episode. So the chat room is open now. If you have any comments, questions, or suggestions, you can send them to info at trundlebedtales.com or find me anywhere all around your favorite social media platform. Uh, in terms of updates, uh, I've got sort of a biggish update. I'm going to be trying to do a podcast episode every week at this time. Uh, at 11 o'clock on Thursday. My schedule just changed, so I'm working Thursday night. And this block of time where I uh, have, well, I just have a block of time. So I'm thinking that that is a great time to do a episode. So watch out. You are going to see future episodes. And uh, I hope that's going to work out for some of you. But as always, if you can't join us live, you can always stream us later. Uh, I also have started um, basically at the beginning of August to get back to posting videos every Friday. And so I've got uh, quite a few, um, well, I've got, quite a few up now, including I am starting a new series, Where to Drive and Why, where I'm going to be in a Laura Homesite town. I'm going to start at sort of a centralized location and then drive to uh, one of the things you're going to want to visit while you're in town. And uh, it'll show you how to get there, how to find it, 
um, some landmarks to check for, what the street names are, hopefully most of the time, and uh, then tell you just a little brief bit about it. I just uh, did my second one in that series. The first one was just introducing what it was going to be uh, last week, and that was the third street house in this Met, and it includes a photo of me in front of the third street house the very first time I visited in the early 80s. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, there's, uh, I'm trying to get back on track with doing both episodes and um, blog posts has been pretty busy lately. So I haven't gotten very many of those done, but uh, I've got so many in drafts, so many in drafts that I want to be sure. And the other clock is telling me to get done with this and get to the heart of the episode. Uh, so I will, with that, uh, just remind you to look for Trundle Bed Tales. And I think we can head back to the regular part of the episode. So this episode is also a brand new thing, and I'm not sure if it's going to go well or not, and I sure as heck didn't give it enough lead-in time. Uh, One of the things that the, well, there's, I listen to Disney podcasts, and one of those, Connecting with Walt, will every so often call for questions and then we'll answer them over the course of an episode. Now, they normally uh, want, you know, they'll be like two months ahead where they start asking for questions. And I started last night. So I really didn't get much in the way of questions. But if you like this, say so. Write a comment, uh, you know, wherever you are. Find you know contact me in social media, and we will I think try a second one of these if I can get enough questions to make it worthwhile to try it. But the reason that I I just did it last night is because I actually have a Trundle Bed Trails uh, episode ready to go, which is where I talk about you know places you can go on your trip or a place to go, um, or, you know, a hobby that you might be interested in getting involved in. And I had, uh, well, it was just going to be one where I was talking, but I have a brilliant one of those. And I actually have a second one of those, but I've got to see if I can get somebody talked into doing it with me. But I was going to do that one today. And then I realized, hey, it's August 25th, which is Laura and Manley's wedding anniversary. They uh, got married, well, on August 25th, 1885. And it isn't a big anniversary year, but figuring I was going to have an episode, I figured it wouldn't make much sense to talk about the Iowa State Fair and updates and changes there on Laura's actual anniversary that I should do something Laura-themed instead. And that's where this episode has come from. And I just want to kind of give you a sort of some Laura Ingalls Wilder basics, things that uh, 
if you are a Laura fan, you probably know already, but if but you might not. And I am going to start, and I'm going to try and get better at doing this on both my podcasts and my videos, is to give you uh, a trivia question. It might not be a very hard trivia question, but a trivia question at the beginning and then the answer at the end. So the trivia question for today is, where was Mary Ingalls born? Mary Ingalls, as in Laura's sister, uh, was born someplace. Where was it? And I really wanted to give that as the question, even though it isn't directly Laura-related, because I really, Mary is a big part of the books, and she gets totally overlooked in some things. And this is one of them. People never talk about where she was born. So wait till the end to hear the answer to that one. Flora Elizabeth Ingalls was born February 7, 1867, in Pepin, Wisconsin, on her father's uh, farm, well, her family farm. And today, uh, that land that was all big woods that Pa was tired of fighting, um, if you have a walnut tree in your yard, you will know that it sends up these little bitty trees bloop, 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 all over the place, up from the roots all the time. That's what we're talking about, trees trying to take over the field again. Today, they have been completely destroyed, and there's lovely open farm space that where Pa once farmed. Uh, and you can go visit the replica cabin they have there. Um, and she and her family uh, were moved on several times and let me and this is when I'm thinking I should have gotten this up ahead of time but I'm going to keep talking while I do uh, so um of course, it's Laura's anniversary, but it is also manly. So uh, he was born, and here is where there is a bit of a question mark. Uh, in Laura's books, she makes it, she says she makes him younger than he actually is because he, she didn't want people to think that she was this child bride because people used to get married a lot younger than they do now. And it wasn't uh, anything that was you know, wrong. It was just how, how the society worked. And she didn't want people thinking of her that way that she was uh, you know, being taken advantage of in any way, shape, or for, form. Uh, nope, that is not it. And you can hear what happens when a person does not work on doing this soon enough. But let's try that one. There it is. Okay, that's what I'm looking for. 
So I'm just going to run through some dates next in terms of basics. Charles and Caroline Ingalls um, moved to Pepin in 1863. Uh, the, Laura was born, as I said, in February 1867. They briefly, on the way down to Independence, stay in Sheridan County where they had bought a piece of ground. But um, I think figuring out that they could be paying a lot less and get a homestead, they decided to give up that land and head on down to near independence. Now that is illegal. At that time, the land was not open for homesteading. And uh, the Ingalls family, uh, for a combination of reasons, had, oh, first, uh, Carrie Ingalls was born there, August 3rd, 18th. Then they head up to, back up to Pepin. Their stay here, the second stay, is where most of the stories from Little House in the Big Woods actually comes from, the second time they lived there. The Ingalls family moves on to Walnut Grove in 1873. When they are driven out of Walnut Grove by the grasshoppers, they come farther east where the grasshoppers hadn't arrived yet. Uh, And grasshoppers were a plague through most of the Midwest, but they were also fairly hit or missed, and they also didn't cross the Mississippi River. So near the Mississippi River, uh, Laura and her family stayed with relatives and that is where her little brother, Charles Frederick, dies, August 27, 1876. The Ingalls help run the Masters Hotel in Baroque with the help of the, or with the Stedman family who own the hotel. Um, and then they return, well, it's in, also in 1876. They return to Walnut Grove in 1878. Mary gets sick and loses her sight. Aunt Dosia offers Pa a job on the railroad into Smet, and the Ingalls make the last move in 1879. Laura marries Almanzo J. Wilder, August 25, 1885. Mary attends College for the Blind in Vinton from 1881 to 1889. Laura, Manley, and Rose stay with his parents in Spring Valley, Minnesota, for over a year in 1890. Laura, Manley, and Rose try Florida. Uh, Laura Manley and Rose returned to Dismet and to earn money for another new start in 1891. They moved to Mansfield in 1894. Grace settles near Manchester, very near Dismet, and marries Nate Dow, August, October 11, 1901. Carrie eventually settles in Keystone, South Dakota, marries David Blainsey, August 1, 1912. And uh, the Laura Ingalls Wilder, Rose Wilder Lane Papers are housed in the Herbert Hoover Presidential Library and Museum. So that's some facts about their moving around. Uh, I started to tell you about Manley's birthday, and that is disputed somewhat because, as I say, Laura uh, didn't want to be thought of as a child bride. So she admits she makes him younger than he really was in the book. But the records about his eight true age differ from uh, 
record to record. If you look back genealogically, there is not a uh, record like there is for the Ingalls children. There's a page in the family Bible, bloop, 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 says when, who was born and where and at what age. There is not that for the Wilder family. So there's, though we know the date, uh, February 13th, we do not know uh, necessarily the year. I think it's probably a good yes um, that he was, that, that the years, the, uh, the records that say he's older were actually right, but it isn't like you could actually prove that. And even his death certificate probably doesn't have the right year for his birth. So Manley and his family had moved west to Spring Valley to uh, buy his mother's uncle's farm. And they do buy it and are there in Spring Valley, Minnesota, um, almost to the end of their lives. Manley uh, works out, rents basically land, various uh, places, including in western Minnesota, which is important when we get to why he didn't want to give his food for the long, or his seed as food for the long winter. Uh, partly it's because Back then, you didn't just buy hybrid seed. You actually um, would pick out what you considered the best kernels or seeds, or depending on what you're planting, grains, uh, and kind of hand pick what you think are the best seeds out of what you grew to plant the next year. So as you plant in a certain area with certain conditions, the seeds get more accustomed to that area is the thought. So to give that up and start over again with just kind of generic seeds does put you back, or at least they thought it put them back a number of years. So after he did that, he ended up in Smet, and that's where he and Laura met. They took on their uh, names that they would call each other for the rest of their lives. He was Manly and she was Bessie. And uh, she would, she even as an adult would be called, she'd introduce herself as Bessie, not as Laura. That was probably because Almanzo had an older sister named Laura and I don't think he overly cared for the name because of that. But um, for whatever reason, she became Bessie Wilder until she started writing, in which case she turned back into Laura and wrote her book, well, and publications before that under the name uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder. So uh, having met and fallen in love, they eventually get to having the wedding. And this was a fairly small, uh, intimate kind of wedding. And that is partly because uh, Manley's mother was coming and really had her heart set on a big wedding and they just didn't think they could afford it. Back then, big weddings weren't necessarily the rule. Uh, you had a lot of people 
who would just have these very small weddings. It was not an odd thing at all. Today, weddings are often thought of as a princess day for the bride. I think this is a terrible idea. I think it's done a lot of damage to the country. But back then, the idea and really the whole purpose behind a wedding is to introduce a couple to the community, to take part in, um, well, to introduce them and, and kind of bind them into the ongoing structure of the community. It was more, much more about that than any particular kind of celebration of the bride. Uh, women, uh, Laura gets married in black cashmere, and that while most people weren't getting married in black, the idea that you got married in white really hadn't come in yet. Uh, There's a whole lot of cultural things behind that. But at this point, people mostly would wear their good dress. And if it was a new dress, that would be their good dress for the first few years that they were married. So it isn't like Laura's dress to be married in that they were you know, considering buying and making was going to be this big, white, fluffy Princess Diana-type wedding gown. It was going to be a best dress. So uh, there would often be weddings that were just in parlors. And in fact, uh, I used to work at Usher's Ferry Living History site, and they had a lot a lot of weddings there. And having looked around the whole area, I always think that the nice thing, the nicest thing to have a wedding probably would have been in one of the parlors because, uh, I mean, if you really want a historic wedding, that really would be the way to do it. So Laura and Manley have their wedding with none of her family there, basically because none of his family could be there, and they were trying to be fair about that, especially considering they were hurrying the wedding and his family, or at least a couple members of his family, would be possible to be there if they waited a little bit. And then they come back home. They don't have a big reception. They... uh, have a nice meal at home with Ma and Pa uh, and then return to their new home on the prairie that Manly had uh, made for them. And Laura suddenly became not a pioneer girl, not a prairie girl, not a homesteader so much. Uh, Manly had uh, basically paid off his homestead but a farm wife. And although I think there's, I'm a strong believer in in the positive part of being a farm wife, one of the negatives is there is a lot of work. Uh, Farm wives do at least half the work on the farm. And Laura, as a daughter, had to do some of it, but really was helping Ma not um, not being in charge of it herself. So this was a whole big change for her. Uh, 
And uh, if we are to believe the books, the next day was a threshing meal. And I really can't believe anybody would do this. I mean, this would just be such a horrible thing if you didn't even really have anything in your kitchen yet to try and come up with a thrashing meal because at the time there were steam engines and you can see them in a lot of old engine places and you would it would go around the neighborhood it would be it would be stationary and you would throw your wheat or uh, oats or whatever you're combining I'm sorry threshing combining is actually what happens when they combined two of the machines one of which was the thresher uh, whatever you're going to thresh you would feed into the threshing machine and uh, then it would you know, process all of it, and then the, the steam engine and the thrashing machine would move on to the next farm. So don't picture these things that you see today where equipment is driving around the field. You would, for, for threshing, you would uh, get the stuff out of the field first and then go through the process of threshing it. And it required quite a few people. And so people in a neighborhood, because the neighborhood is really important, would go house to house and the wife of whosoever farm it was would be responsible for providing a meal that day. Often the women would come too uh, because it is a lot of work to do that big a meal. But I suppose they wouldn't always have to and they might have not with Laura, but the idea of cooking enough food for that big a group of people when you really haven't even had a chance to um, inventory your kitchen yet to know what you have to start with just seems kind of ridiculously beyond the pale to do the very first thing when I think they could have, you know, chosen a different day. But I don't know if that was true or if it was just how she put it together later. I did have one question that came in, and it was, what was Laura's wedding ring like? It is it on display anywhere yet today? Laura's engagement ring was one that she bought from the um, Montgomery Ward's catalog. Manly bought it. And it was a ruby with two little pearls. Oh, no, no, ruby, ruby, I'm sorry, a garnet with two little pearls. So it's redstone, two pearls, and there is a picture out of the Montgomery Ward catalog that um, Laura people are fairly confident that is the ring that he had. Today, uh, there were there were many rings like that, and you can sometimes find antique ones. The uh, today, if you want that ring, you can buy it from uh, the Walnut Grove Museum. Now they use real gold, uh, real silver. Uh, there's a silver version too that's cheaper. 
uh, real stones, real pearls. And I am willing to bet that it is so much more expensively made than this little ring that they sold by the dozens. So I find it just really ironic that people spend all this money on it. But I do have a ring. And I got actually the very first batch that came out, but they still do have them there and offered for sale. Uh, There is apparently somebody on Etsy who has started doing a knockoff. That is sort of a horrible thing. I don't know why anybody would do that to destroy the fundraiser of this museum that you want to keep functioning. But uh, if you want to get a ring, you can get it from the Walnut Grove Museum. Uh, And is it on display anywhere yet today? No, it is not on display. And I don't think it's really, um, I don't think we really know if Laura was buried with it, which would be quite a traditional thing, or if it was uh, in the jewelry that uh, is no longer there in in Mansfield. So you can't see it today, but you can get a replica, and it is very pretty. Now, my trivia question was, where was Mary Ingalls born? And she was, in fact, born in 1865, two years older than Laura, in Pepin, Wisconsin. And that I find ironic because look at all the Laura sites that are there and they don't say a word about Mary. And Mary was born there just as much as Laura was. And that is it for the end of today's episode celebrating Laura and Manley's anniversary. And today was kind of a um, last minute thing. I hope that you learned some things you didn't. And if you would like an episode full of questions, please uh, send me questions and we will put together something so we can have an episode and answer them. Uh, I hopefully still this week, or at least the next seven days, we'll do one of those travel tales about the Iowa State Fair. And uh, hopefully we will get into what's going on in Laura fandom in September. So thank you for joining me today on Trendle Bed Tales. And remember to brighten the corner where you are. Weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.